1: I'm going to like see this through and I'm going to exhaust every possibility and every opportunity I have to make it happen. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it's, it's, it is a really great learning, you know, and it does often inform whatever's coming next.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness. It's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world.
0: Thanks to Amazon Music for supporting Dope Keep Your Day Job. Amazon Music is a streaming platform for both music and podcasts. To try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days, go to amazon.com slash dreamjob30. Also, thanks to GoodRx. GoodRx is a free and easy to use service that allows you to instantly compare prices for your prescriptions and find discounts on your medications. To start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions today, go to goodrx.com slash dreamjob. And thanks to Novo. Novo is the number one business banking app because it's built from the ground up to be powerfully simple and free business banking that Money Magazine called the best business checking account of 2021. Sign up for free right now and get a free copy of Novo Small Business Starter Guide at banknovo.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So am I going to see you at the free podcasting bootcamp? It starts today. I'm going to be live at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I'm going to be in this pop-up Facebook group. We're going to be talking about how do you create your podcast? How can you drastically change the lives of other people and your own life? How can you grow this audience? How can you monetize it? Just four and a half years ago, I started with zero listeners, zero downloads, zero followers. And now I have this incredible community of awesome souls like you. I've grown a multi-seven-figure business. I've had deep, meaningful conversations with entrepreneurs and authors and celebrities who I've admired and respected all my life. And I know, I know that this is possible. I know it's possible for so many other people. I know it's possible for you too. So come join me. We start today. I'll be going live tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, all this week. I'm going to talk to you about how you can grow your podcast audience, how you can monetize your podcast podcast. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash bootcamp. It is completely free and it's going to be so much fun. I hope to see you there. So instead of sharing some kind of a quick tip today, I wanted to kick off this week with an amazing chat I had with my friends, Allie Webb and Lori Harder. Allie Webb is a superwoman when it comes to being an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Dry Bar, Squeeze, OK Humans. And she's also got a jewelry company called Beckett & Quill. Plus, she's a New York Times bestselling author, and she's the co-host of the podcast Raising the Bar. But if that wasn't enough, she also co-hosts another awesome podcast called Girlfriends in Business. And none other than Miss Lori Harder is on her podcast with her. Lori is another incredible entrepreneur. I am so blessed to have her as a friend in my close circle. She's also a bestselling author. She has her own podcast, called Earn Your Happy, and she's the founder and CEO of Light Pink, which is a new light rosé-flavored wine seltzer that helps women connect, collaborate, and celebrate. They've both been on the show before, so you can listen to those episodes if you want to hear more about their inspiring origin stories. This time, they're going to be here to share their advice on how they deal with their resistance when it comes to validating your idea, charging for what you have to offer, and they also have some great tips on building a brand and breaking the habit of always apologizing when you have nothing to be ashamed of. Plus, they're going to talk about some juicy topics that they cover on their Girlfriends and Business Podcast, which you definitely should check out. I'm so inspired by both of these women. They're so accomplished in their industries, but they're also just very humble and they want to pay this forward. It's such an honor to have them here today. Without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Allie Webb and Lori Harder.
3: Hello. Hi,
1: gorgeous. Hi.
3: How How are you, Humans? I'm good. Good. So fun to see Kathy. And hi, Allie. Hi,
0: hi. Hi. Okay. So we're going to get into all the things. And part of the reason I wanted to have both of you here is so we could talk about your podcast before we do. I feel like just in case for some reason, if people are not aware, I feel like we should, we should just kind of catch people up about where you've been real fast. So tell us the version you like to tell (laughs) When you don't have to tell it for hours and hours about your transformation journey, where you came from and becoming an entrepreneur. Just tell us a little bit, Lori. you want to go first?
3: Oh, sure. Okay. Let's see how fast we can do this. So I came from a really small town, really religious background, realized that I had a lot of things that I wanted to do inside of myself, big dreams, but it wasn't encouraged at all in the kind of the family situation uh that I came from. So, when I moved out of my house, uh fitness kind of ended up saving my life and became kind of the first spiritual awakening that I had. Anybody on here had that through fitness kind of walks or you start running or doing something like that and all of a sudden you start to just like get that glimmer of who you really are. So, from that world, I really dove deep into the fitness world and started to train other people, I had my own gym. That was extremely challenging, Um, but what ended up happening there is that I realized that I couldn't even remotely help people transform physically without the mental part. So no matter what we did, no matter how much they worked out, it was like, if we did not talk about their mindset and their beliefs and their environment, AKA their family and their friends and what they had around them that I couldn't help them at all. So that's really when I started diving deep into personal development. I was on my own journey. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks. Um, really started to get into the personal development world, absolutely fell in love because it was working for me. And I just thought, oh, my God, I want to share everything that's working for me. And I know that that's probably how a lot of you on here are. You had something work for you and you want to pay it forward or you've been through a journey yourself and you want to pay it forward. And that's really what my journey has been throughout the years is, oh, my gosh, this worked for me. Now I want to pay it forward. So did the whole personal development thing, had events, had courses and then podcasting. Kathy's a huge uh, inspiration for me as well on that. Love listening to the podcast. And then from there, really started to realize that I loved business and then dove into this new world that I'm in that's super scary and crazy, which is a a physical product. So that's my story.
0: Lori and anyone who's known Lori for one second, she is so easy to love. You have somehow done all of those things without building a very big ego. And I think that that's probably something you and share that is so rare. It's so rare. When Allie was on my podcast, I remember being like, I thought I was going to be so intimidated by you. Even though like we have some mutual friends from back in the day, I was still like, she's Allie Webb. And Lori, I felt the same way about you. And Lori from day one was one of the first people who like came up beside me. And was like, I see you. I want to shine a light on you. I just think that that has to be said. So Thanks. way to be a good human being and so kind <laughs> and staying true to your Midwest roots. So Allie, so everybody kind of knows the big thing. And now there's like many other things. Why don't you just tell that story that you told me when you were breastfeeding and then decided to start an empire?
1: Well, gosh, I mean, that's going back pretty far. You know, I've been a professional hairstylist forever. I went to beauty school in Boca Raton, And, you know, I spent years jumping around and, and you know, working in hair salons. And then I moved to New York City and I worked at like the best hair salon there. And then I got married and had babies and thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And after about five years of that, I realized I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom anymore. And I wanted to get back out there and I wanted to do something for myself. And I was, the story you're referring to is when I was sitting in my living room with my, my still best friend, Paige, and our babies were like all of like I had, had my second son then and, you know, it was like one in three or something. And I was like, I just feel like I want to do something for myself. And, you know, and she had not really curly hair and always wanted me to blow it out. And most of my girlfriends did. And, you know, I was like, I've been thinking about starting a mobile blowout business and really not charging very much so that people would do this often because I felt like there were probably enough women out there like me, you know, who... You know weren't good at doing their own hair and and had curly frizzy hair. I didn't have time to do it, but didn't want to go spend hundred and fifty dollars to go do it. so I was like, maybe I'll just charge like i mean we were literally like two twenties that seems easy, and like <laughs> that was like the extent of the business plan you know, and we would basically go out to all our mommy friends and at the time I had spent for anybody who knows or lives in LA, there's a place called the pump station. And I was spending a lot of time there. And that's actually where I met Paige and like a breastfeeding support group. And I posted there, I posted on like a blog, a mommy, like blog. And, you know, it was like, I will go and come, I'll come to your house while your baby's sleeping and give you a blowout. And I will only charge you 40 bucks. And it was like, I was instantly busy. And, you know, at that point it was just like thinking about getting out of the house for a couple hours and getting away from my kids and like doing something, you know, on my own. And, I never imagined, I wasn't thinking about dry bar, that idea wasn't, wasn't at all in my mind. It just, it it did start to come up as I got so busy. And I realized like, you know, at this $40 price point, I'm getting a lot of clients because, you know, it's just, it's easy. I mean, at that point I was going to their house when their baby was sleeping. What I also realized very quickly was like, if I if I couldn't go to these women's homes they didn't really have a good option there was like hair salons were charging you know 150 for a blowout at that time they've come down since we opened or there was like the discount chains like the fantastic sams which are great businesses but like you're sitting next to a kid getting a haircut the lighting's bad the experience sucks nobody wants to do that so I was like why don't we create a place that instead of me going to them they come to me uh, and, and you know that's when I went to my brother who's my business partner and said, I think I want to turn my mobile blow business into a brick and mortar. And, you know, he, like most normal guys, um, and he's bald, he was like, what? Like, why can't women do this themselves? And I'm like, well, they can, they just can't do it as well, historically. And I'm like, and I'm pretty good at hair, and it's still like a pain to do my own hair. You know, it's just easier, it's relaxing, women love it. You know, and Michael really felt like my brother- this was like a very LA thing. Like women of LA have too much time and too much money on their hands and that and it'll work here. I'm like, I don't know. I really think that like women everywhere who have hair will will like this, you know. And it was an interesting evolution because LA did totally work. Dallas and every city we big city we we opened and did work. It was like like the Palo Alto and like, you know, Northern California, not San Francisco proper, but Northern California those women were hard to transform to dry bar. They were, there was a, definitely a different demo there. And it was like brand new to them. So we had to like introduce this behavior. We're like, listen, bring your laptop. You can get your work done while you're getting a blowout. You're going to walk out feeling amazing. You're not going to have to touch your hair for three, four or five, in some cases, two weeks, you know? And then so, it slowly that grew. And we did all start to realize like this, just, this concept works for women with hair, you know, who, you know, want to feel really great. And that was the other thing that was the big aha moment. And so inspiring and amazing for us is we realized we weren't selling just blowouts, we were selling the happiness and confidence and you could see it. It was a real thing. You could watch a woman walk in and she was serious and all business and like grumpy. And then you watch her walk out, and you're like, "Who is that? That that is not the same woman who walked in 45 minutes ago." It was, I mean, truly. We had we had somebody do a story on us. and I should dig this up called "The Psychology of a Blowout." It was actually a good friend of mine, and but before I was, we were good friends, she wrote. She sat in dry bar for eight hours, and she just watched behavior, and she wrote this amazing article about the transformation the physical transformation women made and like their whole demeanor and this pep in their step and looking at every mirror and just like light and happier. And we were like, oh my God, you know, we're really onto something. And, you know, I think we, you know, we knew very early on, but that was a a big indicator, you know, it's like, this is changing women's lives, which I know sounds lofty and crazy. It's a blowout, but it really was such, it made such an impact and it continues to make such an impact on women and it is a quick pick me up and it's a feel good thing. And, you know, we, we continue to take that feel good feeling into massage and now therapy and for me, jewelry. So we're riding that wave. That's for sure. Oh, it's so good. And it really is
0: such a pick me up. I just feel like for years, even before I ever knew that I would meet you or ever even had enough money still for all of my girlfriends that's what I would give them for birthdays and it was always like thank you so much it really really is incredible it's hard to really wrap words around how awesome it is what you built And all of the pieces of what you just said really feed into it. It's the transformation story. That's what you're selling. You're selling that that moment for them. So I want to break this down because people who listen to this podcast and people who are here, everybody wants to be able to get there, but we have to begin. We have to jump over those little lily pads to get to that place. Before we have the empire, we actually have to start to get proof of concept. So the very first thing for both of you, and I want you both to answer this, based on your own experience. The first thing was Ali's like posting at the pump station. And the first thing is Lori, you're probably, you know, telling people that you're willing to teach them fitness or, or however that looked that first step of being willing to raise your hand. That first step of putting yourself out there for so many people is where everybody is already derailed. What helped you and what continues to help you to do that when you feel that rush of imposter syndrome, when you feel uncomfortable because you don't yet have proof of concept, but you're going to put it out there anyway, what could help somebody learn from your experience and give them the strength to go ahead and do that?
3: I'm there right now again. So you guys, I'm all back in that same boat with you with a a brand new product. Um, I'm starting a light wine seltzer rosé company, which is also, it also has a non-alcoholic rosé. And with that said, this is very different than anything that I've ever done. So I'm, it's, and it all starts the same. And let me tell you that you can think that you've overcome something and with a new thing in a new arena, it just all bubbles back up. Like (laughs) you never outrun it. You just... (laughs) You just get familiar with how it goes. Like, and it's all, this, it's all the same map. Okay, you have an idea, you get excited, you get that feeling where you're like, <gasps> you're like levitating, right? Like you have more energy than you felt like you've had in years because you're so excited over this thought or this idea, raise your hand if you've ever been there. Um, and all of a sudden you start to think of like integrating it or sharing it and you get super freaked out. And you're like, well, that's stupid. That's so stupid. Why would I ever be able to do that? And, you know, I think in the beginning, what really drove me was I was in so much pain from not doing it. Um, I got to that place where I was just I felt like it was consuming me whole and waking me up at like 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. at night. So this is going to happen over and over and over again. This is literally what has happened to me. Number one, what I want to just like show all of you that you have done is you've done the very first, most important step of supporting your dream. And that is getting into a community where it's safe to share it. And that's getting into a community in a place where you are going to be held accountable. And the more that you can show up in those communities and speak what it is that you want to do, the more you're going to be able to do that. So my first step, whenever anybody's like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this thing. I'm like, you need to go and tell people you need to start talking about it as much as possible and say, you know, even if this makes you feel better, which I don't even recommend it, but if it makes you feel better, sometimes it feels good to say, I have this crazy idea. I don't even know if it could come true, but here's what I would love to do, right? And then insert idea. And you tell as many people as you possibly can, you put it into communities and what's going to happen is someone just going to go, you can do that. I did that. You know, it's, it's easy, or this is what it looks like. And when they say easy, it's just, this, there's steps you guys that you start taking, So the first thing is, is just proclaiming it, getting it out there, getting in that community, and then saying what you really want. Like, I want to be held accountable to this. I would love to get this out there. Does anybody out there also want to support each other within our ideas? So maybe you find one other person that you're going to hold each other accountable. And that's really how I've done it with every single pivot is that whenever I get an idea, I start pivoting and hanging around people who... I know are either doing the thing or I've done it before because they're going to speak life into you. The one thing that you don't want to do is go and share your dream in a place where you know it's going to be killed. And sometimes I think we self-sabotage ourselves with that. We're like, oh, I'm going to do this, share this big, crazy idea with my family who's killed every other dream that I've ever (laughs) had before. (laughs) Like, don't do that. Like, wait until it's a safe place to do that. It's really funny. I want to share just because You know, as I started a physical product, I really wanted to be around women who have brought something big to life, like a physical product or one of their big ideas. And that was one of the reasons I reached out to you, Allie, is because I wanted to start pivoting to be around women who have brought something like maybe that never existed to life before, or people had brought products to life. Like that was a really big thing for me to start kind of switching who I was hanging around and listening to and talking with. So that was a big, scary thing for me to reach out to Ellie, to get her into my atmosphere so that I could grow and be around that. So that's kind of a cool idea of where that even started. See, that's just
0: so like you because you tell us all the cool things that you have the courage to do. And then you end it with something really vulnerable and humble, which is literally that's the Lori Harder s'more. Like that's what you're always doing. You're like, hi, no, it's not look at me. Come with me. Cause like, I'm really, I know I'm so beautiful that you think that I'm going to be this other thing. I'm really just like you. And it's just so cool. Okay, before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. This show is supported by GoodRx. With GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices for your prescriptions across 70,000 pharmacies, including CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Walmart, even your neighborhood pharmacy. It helps you find the best discount available to you, and you could save up to 80%. GoodRx is often cheaper to use than your insurance copay or Medicare. Millions of Americans use GoodRx to get affordable healthcare every single month. I use GoodRx to look up prices on a prescription. It was super easy and I was so happy because I found out I could save over 60%. I think it's really cool that they're providing this kind of service for free and helping millions of people find discounts, especially when healthcare can be so expensive. To start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions today, go to goodrx.com/slash dreamjob. That's goodrx.com slash dream job to start saving up to 80% on your prescriptions. Good is not insurance, but can be used instead of insurance. In 2020, good users received an average savings of over 70% of retail prices. For all you entrepreneurs, freelancers, and small business owners, do you know the number one way to avoid unfair bank fees? Let me tell you. Step one, close your account. Step two, open a new Novo free business banking account. Novo is the number one business banking app because it's built from the ground up to be powerfully simple and free business banking. In fact, Money Magazine called it the best business checking account of 2021. With Novo, there are no minimum balances, no transaction limits, and no hidden fees. Sign up for free in under 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash dream job. Then they're going to mail you a Novo debit card and get you free use. Novo makes banking easy and secure. You can manage your account in Novo's customizable web, Android, and iOS apps with built-in profit-first accounting and invoicing. Plus, you can tag each transaction and upload receipts. I know people who have been hit by bank fees, and it can be such a drag, especially when you're trying to grow a business. So I think it's really cool that Novo is working to eliminate this problem. Get your free business banking account in just 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash dreamjob. Go to banknovo.com slash dreamjob to sign up for free right now and get a free copy of Novo's Small Business Starter Guide, banknovo.com slash dreamjob. So Al, what about for you? When you started putting that out there, how did you think people were gonna take it? Or did you think, I don't know, is this gonna seem like so weird? What allowed you to just start to do it in the very, very, very beginning?
1: My parents were entrepreneurs. So I grew up in this like entrepreneurial environment, this world of entrepreneurs. So I think it was in my DNA and certainly like I worked in my parents' stores. So I, I had that like knowledge firsthand. I watched my parents operate a business. I learned so early on you know, the importance of customer service and bending over backwards and the customer's king and all of that stuff was just embedded into me. And so, you know, fast forward to doing other things and go finding my own path and then deciding, you know, to start Drybar, you know, it was scary, but I think like any entrepreneur, you know, it's like you, there's just like a part of you that's, that is, is scared of it, not working, but not scared enough to not do it. Um, like Lori was saying, it's like, you can't get it out of your mind. It's the only thing you think about. Um, You know, and for me, I was always like, it's not life or death. You know, there's a potential to lose a lot of money, which would really suck. I was in my case, I was losing my brother's money. So that was better. You know, I did put my life savings, which, which wasn't much at the time, but I, you know, and I think that there's just, you have to be, have a certain, like, I think skin to not be afraid to fail you know, and, and that is like, I don't know how to explain that other than like, it's just in you and you're like, I'm just going to do this. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, we're going to like lick our wounds and we're going to move on. And I think that was the other thing I was like, we're all pretty like between my brother and my ex-husband and we're all pretty like smart, capable people. If this business doesn't work, like, we'll all go on and do other things. So, you know, I've, I've always had this mentality of like, everything will work out the way it's supposed to, not everything will work out, <laughs> you know? Cause like the thing, the way I've, I've been, we've all been hit over the head with this so many times. It's like, you can't understand why something is not working out the way you wanted it to work out. And then in three months or three years, you're like, oh, that's why, you know? And it's really, Pretty amazing, and I really believe in that. So, you know, I think that for me, it was like I was definitely going to do this. I was definitely going to start dry bar. What what was going to happen on the other end of it was a bit of a mystery. But I felt so strongly in my gut that like this will work out. One way or the other, you know, and, and we opened also in the middle of a recession. And I cannot tell you how many people came up to me when we were building Dry Bar in that first Brentwood location. How many people came up to me and they're like, Every business that has been in here has failed. This shopping center is dead. Even my brother was like, Allie, nobody is here, you know. And it really was like that. And I was like, I know, I know, but I think they'll come, you know, I really believe that they're going to, like, if you build it, they will come. I just felt so strongly like that. I was like, I know that there are, and again, I had some like proof of concept with my mobile business, which is teeny, but I was like, I know that there's enough women out there And the feedback I've gotten from so many women that I was in my mobile business and just talking to people was like, there was so much excitement over this concept. I was like, I just know this is gonna work. At least one is gonna work. And at that point, we were just hoping it would be like 30 to 40 blowouts a day. We had never imagined it would be like 100 and 250, which is really like what it is. And so I think it's like, you know, I I keep going, I go back, I feel like I go back to a lot of the same principles. Like you got to, you can't be afraid to fail. And and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And like, again, no one's going to die. We're going to move on, you know? And I think that that is like, you know, it goes also back to this, like life is short, you will always second guess yourself if you don't at least try. I mean, there's a very good chance it won't work. I mean, there's more things don't work than do, you know, but, but there's also a really great chance and it will. And if it doesn't work exactly the way you planned it, it might work in some other way. And, you know, and like Lori, you know, I'm in that phase right now of reinvention, you know, we've drive bar was a massive success and I'm so grateful for that. And it's given me so much in terms of platform and friendships and connections and networking. And use your connections. And like, we're, I mean, and, and I feel like this sounds bad, but like to say, like we all use each other, but we do to an extent in a good way, like Lori and I, you know, it's like, I get something from Lori, Lori gets something from me. I mean, it's all good. Like we, we support each other. We love each other. We want to help each other. And, and you can build that kind of relationship with so many people. Lori and I weren't really friends before we did each other's podcasts, you know, but we also saw an opportunity in each other and a friendship built around that. But, you know, and so it's like, leveraging all of that stuff, paying attention, you know, also being a person that gives to other people. I mean, Lori and I are both very generous with our time and we, you know, we both talk to lots of different people and we do it, you know, to pay it forward and we do it to get it in return too, you know, cause we need it too. we all need that support system in all the different ways. But to go back to the original question, I do think that there is just this, like, I'm going to like see this through and I'm going to exhaust every possibility and every opportunity I have to make it happen and if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it's, it's, it is a really great learning. And I, and I know that's cliche. And like, we learn from our mistakes and blah, blah, it's like, you don't want to hear that when you're in the process of like failing at something that you really want, but it is, you know, and it does often inform whatever's coming next, you know, and um, you know, I'm in the throes of it with my new jewelry business, which is like a direct to consumer business. And I'm like, I know nothing about, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like pulling all these different lovers and talking to all these different people and trying to like shift and pivot and change and see what works and what doesn't work, which I actually really love. You know, that's like the challenge. That's like the hunt for me, you know, it was the same thing of building Drybar. I really liked figuring out how to make this work. And, it, and even though Drybar felt like, I mean, Drybar was a little bit of an overnight success, but it, it wasn't easy. And as we opened in new markets, like I mentioned with the you know, Northern California, we had to get really inventive and creative. And like, how do we get these women who would like, don't want anything to do with blowouts, obsessed with blowouts and that, you know, so there's always something. um, And I think you just have to have like enough love for what you're doing and, and compassion or obsession compassion, I guess too, but obsession with what you're doing and which I think is all, also another key ingredient. I think there's an opportunistic thing, especially nowadays with entrepreneurs who are like, oh, I could do that. But if you don't really love it and like eat, drink and sleep it, it's yeah. pretty hard to be obsessed with it.
0: Yeah, no, that's really, really powerful. And I took a class at UCLA at their mindful awareness research center. And one of the things that they showed us in the research was how people would make happiness and destination. Like if this works, I'll be happy. And then there was all this data about the day after someone won the Oscar and they literally did win. And now they are literally wrapped in blankets. Like, why didn't this change something? And someone in your world, Lori, I had Jillian Michaels on my podcast and she's like, happiness is not this place you arrive. Like it's not a destination. It, you can't even stay there. You can't even sustain it, but meaning and purpose is something that you can sustain. And so I do think that we live in this very sort of bubblegum world where people think like, I'll do this and then I'll be there. Right. Versus I'm, I'm going to do this because it's what I have to do now and I'll be okay either way, but this is what I have to do. Like, it's clear. This is the divine download for the moment. What I want to ask you guys is What's so fascinating to me is that it it always seems as though the biggest issue people think they have is this like starting the business. It's like, I have a business problem, a business problem, but I always say you don't have a business problem. You have a courage problem. And what's fascinating is it's in the second part, which this is something that you both can speak to so well, when it comes time, when they've actually put it out there and now someone's going to pay them, people will say to me, people all over will say to me, I feel like I'm in a vomit, like receiving money. I think I'm going to throw up. Like I can't charge. It's hard to charge. I don't know what to charge. I don't know. I'd rather just beta test it a few times for free. And you are both powerhouse women who are, we've already established. It's so obvious that you're kind and approachable and compassionate and loving and vulnerable and didn't have to choose between those qualities and making more than enough money. So when it came time to charge people, How did you allow that abundance in like this without doing a whole song and dance and getting into that resistance of your upper limit? Let's talk about that.
1: But wait, I want to understand you're saying that you hear from people that they don't want to charge people like they're afraid. It's like almost like imposter. Oh, interesting. Wow.
0: I love that. She's like, that's not (laughs) even in
3: my lexicon. Love that (laughs) about her will be on the podcast together and she will be like, that's a thing. And I'm like, I want your brain so bad right now. Like, but it's so powerful because she literally frees me up of so many things. I'm like, wait, that's not a thing for her. It doesn't have to be a thing for me either. So um, I'm, I'll i just share because I definitely,
1: definitely know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but I I love- that. It's, like the, it's like you're worried that like, I get that. Like you're worried that if you're, if you don't deliver and you've yet, you've charged somebody, it's just so subjective that like, yeah. I, it doesn't hit my radar, but you know, I do understand, God, yeah, I'm just gonna... <laughs> but, you know, I guess maybe it has to do with the fact that like, you know, watching my parents and, you know, by no means do I ever want to like cheat anybody of anything, but I, I, I think I do think you're right about like, I've met a lot of people who are like kind of stagnant in their career or their business. And I'm like, Oh, we, they'll start talking about it. I'm like, well, what about doing this, this, and this, and I have all these ideas. And they're like, huh, no, I don't want to do all of that. And there is this, like, I just want to stay here because it's safe and I don't have to put anything on the line and I don't have to risk anything. And if it doesn't, and this is what we're talking about, right. If if it doesn't work out, then what, you know, it's like, everyone's a little bit scared of like, then what, you know, and I think I've never been scared of the, then what, you know, and I, and I guess that that's kind of like really served me well you know is that I've not ripped. and it's like a blessing and a curse i don't really think things through and it's served me well and it's not served me well you know it's like that's why we needed to hire a professional ceo a dry bar somebody who would like think about what was going to happen after i had a very like you know knee jerk reaction to fixing a problem you know because there was always there was going to be a fallout i wasn't thinking about the fallout
0: yeah you're really in the flow state that you're just like okay okay you're not going to overthink it which really is It puts you sort of in the magnet. You're just like there already. It's You're not even thinking about it. Um, So Lori, what about for you? I know that you and Chris teach this a lot.
3: This is so good because money is like the coolest thing ever because it's probably the, (laughs) I think it's more of a missing piece in like personal development and leveling up than people even talk about. And I think it's becoming more and more talked about, but it's an energetic exchange and it's also a value Money is not only going to help you level up by you charging it, but it's going to help your person that you are charging level up and also find value either within themselves or it helps you show up. Like, let's say Allie was charging $2 for her blowouts. Guess what would happen when I got busy? I'd cancel it. And then the me that scheduled the $2 blowout, who wanted the blowout, who wanted to look good, who wanted to feel good, wouldn't value that thing because there was no like higher price put on that. Perceived value, right? It's all perceived value. And, you know, I think about the things that I spend a lot of money on that probably don't cost a lot to make. But to me, I've used those things as, let's just say, you know, maybe I, I, as a goal of maybe selling courses or events or different things like that, I, I want to buy a bag and I want to buy a very expensive bag. Why? Because it's making me feel a certain way. I have a perceived value of the way it's going to make me feel. I'm going to try to strive for that thing. It's going to make me work harder. It's going to make me show up, whatever that thing is, whether it's a bag, a trip, a, you know, you want to give back to a charity and that really motivates you and inspires you you, money is a very important way to level up the people that you will be working with. And so when I first started in the fitness world, what I did was I, you guys, I worked at an LA fitness for $6 per 30 minute session. This is while I was paying off a debt of over $300,000. I quickly did the math. We had just lost our house, our cars, all the things, and we were in debt. We borrowed all of our parents' money. They had zero, zero money left. So there was a little bit of an intense moment there in my life. And we were Um, I was working at this LA fitness, charging only that, did some math and realized I probably wouldn't pay that off with like all the bills that we had until I was 80 years old. So I had this moment of like, you need to go start your own thing and you need to charge a very large amount of money that feels so awful. It felt so awful. You guys, I went from $6 to going and charging 120 for an hour session. Now for me internally, that was like, I was screaming. I was freaking out. I was like, who am I to do this? Why wouldn't they just go over here? Like, how am I ever going to charge this amount of money? And I, what I did was I had to start finding like evidence first to start getting okay with that. Number one, I knew I needed to charge that much money. If I ever wanted to get out of debt, anybody in that situation where you're like, I actually need to start doing it. I just can't complete that gap. So some of the things that I did was number one, I did a lot of money work with T Harbecker. He does secrets of the millionaire mind, because it's all just a story that we have around. Someone's not going to like me. I'm selfish. My family's going to think I'm bad. Money is evil. Money's the root of all evil, whatever those beliefs are. So The first thing that you have to do is kind of get right with your money story and and realize what money actually is and what money does. So there's a story of what you think it is. And then there's a story of what money really does. And money in the hands of women is the most powerful thing ever. You look, look at Allie, how many jobs have you created Allie? Like how many amazing days have you created? how much have you been able to do in your life or give back? I know you have a charity event coming up. Like, look at all of the incredible things that happen when women have money and they step up and they charge what they want to charge. I'm not saying what it's worth or what they're worth. I'm saying what they want to actually
1: charge. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it like money is power because I don't mean it in like, manly way. You've heard that before, but it does enable, you know, and it's right. And Lori's right. Like I've donated a lot of money to a lot of really important charities. In my view, I've invested in a lot of businesses. I'm an investor in Lori's business, not to mention a bunch of other female founded businesses. And like, to me, you know, I'm very, very, very grateful for my success and for the money I've made and the life that I've made because of the success of Drybar that I really feel obligation isn't like the right word, but it's kind of like, I want to give back. Like, I feel like I want to help as many people as I can. I invest in as many businesses as I can. I donate as much as I can. I do a lot of stuff in that realm because I can. And I feel like it is a little bit like, Hey, you know, you've had a lot of success and like give back. I mean, again, it's also part of like why I talked to like college students a lot. I talk to other women who are just starting out their business. It's like, that's not a financial thing, but it's something that I can do. You know, I didn't mean to be like, flippant about like laughing about the money thing, but it's like, it does make the world go round and it does give us, it enables us to do a lot more good. And and to Lori's point, like there are, I know, you know, Lori and I both know so many women who have like started funds and like so many women who are doing such great things. And it is really powerful money in the hands of women. You know, it's like, I've joined a couple of boards recently because they wanted like women on it. You know, it's just like, and so You know, I mean, my advice is like, don't ever feel guilty about charging for what you offer. And yeah, there's like one person who's going to love it and think it's worth $300 and one person who's not, and that person's not going to buy it. And that's cool. You know, and move on to the next. There's so many people in the world. You know, there's so many people who want, who will want what you're selling. And then there's people who won't,
0: you know, this is such fire. It's so good. It's so good. Honestly, it's like medicinal. Okay. Before we start wrapping this up, I just want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor. Amazon Music is a streaming platform for music and podcasts. They have over 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this show. You can also listen to the hilarious podcast, Smart List one week before everyone else and ad-free on Amazon Music. Plus, Dr. Death Miracle Man, the breathtaking true crime podcast, is available two weeks early on Amazon Music. In addition to podcasts, Amazon Music also has plenty of music. They have over 75 million songs, thousands of music stations, and top playlists. With Amazon Music Unlimited, you can listen to any song, anywhere, offline, and with a limited skips. I always have music playing in the background when I'm at home or driving in the car. Lately, I've been loving Ben Platt, James Taylor, Rachel Platten, Megan Trainor. There's just so many good ones out there. What I love about Amazon Music is that if I'm multicasting and I think of another song I want to hear, I can just ask Alexa to switch it up and she takes care of it. For a limited time, new customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days. No credit card required. Just go to amazon.com slash dreamjob30. That's amazon.com slash dreamjob30 to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. When we had Barbara Corcoran on the podcast, I remember her saying, money is like blood in the body. It has to keep moving. So every time money's coming in, I already know where it's going right back out. Just keeps going right back out. So abundance creates more abundance. It's the opposite of I have more, you have less. It's the actual opposite of that. And you guys are such good examples of it. You're walking examples of that. What a gift. How How much permission are you giving other people to rise because of the way you walk in the world? So here's the next question, speaking of rising. I feel that what you both do is step all the way into your power, right? And when we're talking, and we're gonna talk about that perceived value that you both mentioned in terms of the branding, in terms of the story that you're both genius at, but before we even go to the branding and the perceived value, there's a resonance in you, Allie, and there's a resonance in you, Lori, that like, before I even met you guys, Conne- like actually connected when i was aware of you i could feel it it wasn't hey i'm lori harder and i'm trying to do a thing um how's it going it was like hey i'm lori hi like this is me right and ali you're the exact same way it was like and you've always been that way as long as i've even been aware of who you are like this is who i am this is what i'm doing i feel that so many especially women apologize in their energy for what they're doing, what they're saying. So there's always like this, Hey, I'm trying to do a thing. Where does that light switch where you flick the magic all the way on? Where do you find you're able to do that while also being the person who's like, I don't want to be arrogant and I don't want to be a fraud. I want to be real, but I also want to claim or open up to be a vessel for something that's actually that's actually worthy of standing fully in rather than this like resistance to it because so much of that resonance is what brings people in, it's that point of attraction.
3: Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I don't think I've always been this way. I definitely was the person who was anxious and hid and apologized for everything. I mean, I'm from the Midwest, like, you just start your sentence with, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry for being here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you bump into someone who, no, someone bumps into you and you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, sorry about that for being in your way. Um, so I had a couple of realizations when you just have these moments when you're looking at other women who like have inspired you and make you want to like do the thing and be the thing. And they're not, it's not that they're bragging, they're just being them. And I had a moment of realizing like apologizing for you for everything that you do or being yourself or for what you want is doing nobody favors. It's actually quite like it's it, it's it's blocking other people from believing that their dreams are safe as well. So when we're apologizing for ourselves, it makes people around us think that they should be apologizing for what they want or what they do. It's almost it's almost practicing. Like I view my life almost as a game. Like I'm like, okay, this is how I feel right now. Like I I want to, let's say I'm in this group right now and it's like, here's what I've done. And it's not much. And you know, I don't like to share it and I don't like to brag. It's like, no, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm so proud of. I practice saying it without apologizing. And if I catch myself apologizing, sometimes I'm like, Oh, didn't mean to apologize. I'm proud of that. And so you use your life as a practice for when you notice that you, maybe you want to apologize to someone, even if they bumped into you, you could just say, excuse me, or (laughs) excuse you, let's just like practice and see what it feels like to have a different thing come out of your mouth. That is more empowering. And you're going to make a mistake over and over again. You're going to be like, ah, crap, I apologized again. And you're going to just catch yourself and see if you can do it better the next time. It's funny. I was trying to learn how to put on events, you guys. And Jack Canfield did this thing called train the trainer, where it was a, a three week intensive. And it was all of these new people. And I had a lot of like anxiety at the time. And I was still in the phase with like having panic attacks and like feeling like I'm going to pass out when I'm in social situations. And there was this woman there who just caught on that. I apologize for everything. And her name was Julie. I'll never forget her. She was super annoying and I'm so grateful for her. But I'd apologize with everything. And she'd go, Don't be sorry, be you. And that was like her phrase for the three weeks. And she would say it over and over. And it actually annoyed me so much that I quit apologizing because she would say it of all of these people. And so it's just, you can catch yourself, like start to catch yourself and be like, That's okay, but we're not going to do that anymore. You will actually get a a, a completely renewed sense in your body. Like every time that you do it without apologizing or you show up or you talk about something you're proud of and you just talk about it without any context around it. You don't need to say, you know, oh, Kathy, you look so nice. Oh, thanks. This was on sale. It was only $20. I don't care if it was on sale. I hope you spent a thousand dollars on it and you had the money for it if you wanted to like, do not do that see if you can just not apologize for anything and fully start owning things and let that be a little everyday challenge and watch how much your life and demeanor will change and the women that you start to attract
1: when you do that.
0: Oh, so good. Allie, what do you want to say about that?
1: Mm, Well, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think Lori really hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I think that I always had it in me. I grew up in Boca. The opposite of the Midwest, um, <laughs> and so I didn't. I didn't really grow up like apologizing in that way, and I had really strong role models in my mom and my dad. My mom was really strong. My dad was really strong, and my brother. They were. I mean, I was actually like the like wallflower, late bloomer, which is like so weird now. If you know mm-hmm. me, now, you never have thought that about me, but I was more quiet in my family. Um, but I grew up around people who were very confident and sure of themselves, and like. You know, maybe that's just like a free pass for me, but I always had a lot of confidence. And I, I do think it was also of like, hey, you know, my parents, they made me feel good about myself. I felt like my mom thought me and my brother were like the greatest Humans that had ever walked the planet. And I really do think that of my children. And I tell them that. And I do think that's an, I know I'm a little off topic here, but I do tell them that because I want them to grow up with a lot of confidence because I think that that confidence as a child really serves you well out in the world. I mean, at least that's my experience. And, you know, my parents kind of like armed me. I didn't know it, but I was kind of armed with this, like, you can do anything. You know, it was always like that, you know. And I, I moved to New York City when I was 18, which, you know a lot of parents like wouldn't be cool with their I mean I moved to New York I didn't know a soul and I was living in New York City my mom like almost had a heart attack daily because I would also rollerblade around the city (laughs) you know and so I think it was like it's been inside me but I don't really think I owned it you know until when we started Dry Bar and I kept finding like it was like building blocks of success like I I decided to like go to beauty school against like everyone's like what you're going to beauty school like that's weird like what What?" and I was embarrassed about it I was like I know I don't it didn't feel like cool enough or prestigious enough. And so I thought like, I was a little embarrassed about it. And my parents were kind of like, "Eh." you know, everybody was a little bit, you know, that is kind of a departure than how I felt like what I just said, but without really thinking about it, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I love. I love hair. I'm really obsessed with hair. I don't know what this is going to look like for me. I think I'm going to go to back to New York and I'm going to work in really amazing salons, but I don't know, but this is what I like right now. And I've always followed that. Intuition that I felt was so strong in me, and I think a lot of people, you know, the more people I meet and talk to, and like, you know, the, like you're saying, Kathy, it was like they are really afraid. Like, there's this thing that you want to be doing, but you're afraid you'll be judged. You're afraid your, you know, your spouse or your parents or whoever is going to yeah. be like, "What? That's the stupidest idea," or "That's so silly." Yeah. You know, and so we, we live in this fear, like I did too. I mean, for me, it was like, I was much younger and was able to step into that. Like, I'm just going to do this, you guys. Like, I'm, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm just going to go do it. You know, and so we live in this, like, I'm scared to like, about goes back to like owning your power. You know, I'm scared to go do this thing because of what everyone's going to think, even though it's what I really, really love. And my my hunch is that when you follow the thing that you really love and you're able to like see it through and it works on some level, you're like, I'm smart and like, I know what I'm doing. And that's what happened to me with Drybar. You know, it's like, I've told this story a lot publicly where like when Drybar got bigger and we, we raised a lot of money with these really like smart people who all went, I didn't go to college. They went to like Stanford and Harvard and I was sitting in a room with mostly men, you know, in suits who were genuinely smart guys but they didn't have what I had. And it took me a a little while to realize that. Like they didn't have the brain that I had. They didn't have the eyes that I had, the creativity that I had and like the vision that I had for this brand. But they were great and they were a great partner to have. And we were lucky to have them because they helped in a lot of other ways and things that I didn't know, which is also like the power of partnership. And that's a whole other question. But, you know, it was like, I think that I learned in those board meetings this was my superpower. I really knew hair. I knew how to run a salon. And that's like all I needed to know because they couldn't do it without me. And I knew that. And once I like owned that and I was like, yeah, good luck. You know, if I'm not here, which was, it was never like they were ever trying to get me out. But so I think, you know, that's where like the owning your power comes in. And I think you can only do that if you're doing something that you so wholeheartedly believe you're good at. And you know you're good at it and you love it and nobody can tell you otherwise, you know?
0: It's so true. And so much of what you just said leads us back to the conversation about like ego in the narrative versus like your true self, right? Because Ali, those guys who went to Harvard or Stanford or whatever, that's a story as part of like their footprint in earth school of things that they did. Meanwhile, the greatest resources that we all have is like your passion, your tenacity, your grit, your open heartedness, your creativity, your willingness to try things and take risks. And every- human is ultimately really a bigger self, which is like this soul, this energy, this something, and all those people really just want to be seen. And so I always feel like at least I could do that. Like I can make people feel seen. I can show up. I can be present and the rest will just, it'll just come through. It'll just be there. Right. When you just get your ego out of the way. So I want to ask you guys two last things. One thing I have to ask you because you're both so genius at it. Like there's people who are good at it. Excellent at it. There's a genius when it comes to branding. And we talked about the perceived value and the value in the story, right? The story of like, it's not a blowout. This is like your time. It's like Goonies, like up here, it's their time. Down here, it's our time. Like That's the story of why you spend 40 bucks. So let's just quickly talk about branding and coming up with, because now Ali, you've done it over and over again. Lori, you've now done it 14 times with products and courses and on your events. There's always a story. There's the story, There's the name of the thing. There's the colors of the thing. Where does that take shape for you so that you can help us as people who are working towards that people listening? That has to happen. That story being told has to happen. And people skip right over that. Like I finally have the confidence and I have a product, but I just sold it as like, it's a candle. It's made of non-toxic wax. It's like, no, no, no. So I would love both of you to just touch on that for a second.
1: Well, I mean, you're right. It's like you can have the best product ever, the best thing ever, but if it's not packaged well, and I don't mean like just the packaging, it's everything. It's like the experience that the customer has with it, the experience they have when they go on your website, all every touch point matters, whether it's like an online thing or it's it's in store. I mean, obviously brick and mortar is more my area, which you know, my like I said my parents had their own store, so I experienced kind of early what not to do, you know, and we kind of went the other way with Drybar and, and knew that like experience was everything and creating the experience at all the different touch points. And, but I'll tell you, like, I don't consider myself like a branding expert. I mean, you might look at my businesses and think that, but it's like, that's not me. And recognizing what you're not good at, like, let that be the biggest lesson today. Recognize, speaking of ego, what you're not good at and what you are and what you're not good at, get somebody who's really good at it to do it. You know, I mean, there's no shame in that. The reason that Drybar branding is the way it is is because my ex-husband was a branding genius and he knew that and he taught, and now I know probably more than the average person because I was taught that and I learned so many lessons along the way and like how there needs to be a common thread through things and how you need to like surprise and delight people and all these things that we do. I learned that it was like on the job but, you, you know, if, without those things, you know, you might have like a moderately successful business, but you'll never get up to that next level because people love and want that. You know, it's like we created a love brand. We created a brand that people loved our service and what we were offering, but they loved the way they felt when they walked into Drybar, yeah. the music, the decor, the customer service, the phone charging stations, like The list goes on. It was kind of something for everybody. And all of those things really matter. And to your point, it is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. When I walk into a business and I'm like, why? Like, why does someone not think of this? Why is the place not clean? Why is it not organized? Why is the music like this? I mean, mean, you can imagine what happens to me when I walk into a business. You know, it's like, there's so much opportunity here that you're missing. And so if you don't recognize that, you might want somebody on your team who does. You know, and I think that's like such a massive takeaway. And it's something that I, you know, that I've spent a lot of money on, we've spent a lot of money on and all our businesses is making sure, you know, if you go and you look at, okay, humans, our newest business or squeeze or dry bar or Beckett and Quill, like it's pretty tight in terms of like branding and experience, because we know how important that is. Like, there's no way you can make anything work without that. You know, at the, at the level that, you know, you want it to work and you want to get that big.
0: That is one of the most important things we've ever heard on the podcast in any of these programs, because it has to be an experience. And she's talking about service-based businesses and product-based businesses, as well as businesses that have to do with some kind of an an experience factor. Like that has to be gotten. I just got a Louis Vuitton and I was like, I wanted to do a story over it. Although I was appalled. I was like, oh, people are going to say, oh, why is she doing? But it's the box, it's the ribbon, right? It's the whole freaking thing. You're just like, yes, like it feels
1: so good. It's so interesting about that because it feels good that you, you can afford to buy a Louis Vuitton bag, yeah. you know? And, and, and I, I know that there's this, like I don't like to put that stuff on like Instagram either. Like if I go buy a Gucci bag and I put it on Instagram and then people are like, oh, it's like an eye roll. You know, it's like, you don't, I get that. But there is that like, oh, I feel really proud that I could go and buy this. And like, you like the pomp and circumstance around it. And we like that. It's like, it's better than it just coming in like a brown paper bag. There's some, it's an experience and there's an experience at so many levels of everything that we do and it yeah. all really matters.
0: Yeah. And maybe we both should be posting that stuff. Cause I think that women especially
1: need to see women mm-hmm. being like, yeah, and you can have that too. Why, why shouldn't so, you have that? And, but it does remind me of a story, you know, i you probably know, I don't know if you've had her on the, on your podcast, Jamie from a cosmetics. Of on, course. Yeah. And she, you know, I remember she was on the cover of, I think it was like Forbes or fortune for being like one of like a self-made millionaire. And I was asked to be on that too. And I declined it because I was like, you know, I'm just not comfortable. And I remember having a conversation with Jamie about it. I was like, I think it's awesome. But like, I was nervous because well, first of all, I have kids and I just, I got weird in my head. Like people try to kidnap my kids and weird like that. But also, you know, I was like, I just, I'm not comfortable. And she's like, I want women to know. Wow. she had, I mean, and Jamie is such a great story because she had nothing, nothing. She had no money before she started her business. She came, she really had nothing. And she's like, I want other women to see that like somebody can come from nothing. And like, and Jamie's like Oprah level. Oh yeah. Know? She she's sold like, her
0: company for 1.2 billion. Lori yeah. knows she's a good friend of mine and she's the nicest yeah. person. Yeah. She was a Denny's waitress. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she to have that message that like, no, I'm going to be on the cover of this because I want people to yeah. Know. You can yeah. do it which I, yeah. I loved her response to. That. Yeah.
0: You see guys at every level, there's still nuances to, to all these topics. So Lori, what, what do you think about all that stuff with the experience and the branding and all of that?
3: Um, oh God. I, you know, I loved listening to Allie because it's so cool to hear how brick and mortar is essentially the same as like service-based businesses. Because at the end of the day, there's, you know, let's say you're selling a wine glass, let's say you're selling a blowout, let's say you're selling shoes. It's kind of like there's so much of the same thing that your story is what's going to make the person kind of perceive the value. So, around anything you're doing, if a lot of you are doing coaching or courses, or, you know, you have a product that you want out, it's, not about, it's so funny. I used to get so caught up, like sometimes branding to me, I I struggled with it so bad, you guys, because I am like the, I'm the person who wants to say like 75 pages for one thing, because I don't know how to say it's, it's like, at this event, you're going to do this and learn this. And then it's like 40 things. And it's like, people are like, I'm lost. Like you just said so much that it's actually not even for anyone anymore. When it's for everyone, it's for no one. So you have to remember the more clear you can be with your story. I think the better, well, I don't think it's the better with your branding. And at the end of the day, what you're doing is you want to speak clearly in your audience's words, which your audience is usually how you would speak Um, because you're talking to someone who maybe is the you of two to five to 10 years ago, speak clearly to your audience of where they are. So be able to like really identify with where they're at. Maybe that's through a story that you've experienced and then show them through the experience how they're going to feel later. So speak clearly to where they feel now, what they feel right now, and speak clearly to how they're going to start feeling in this new way. Cause a lot of times we tell them like what they're gonna get. Oh, you get this great pair of shoes. It's like this I, I don't even know how to talk about shoes. I don't know. It's got great leather, it's got these straps. Like, you're talking about the features of the shoe, but really, all we want to know is when I go walk in and like see maybe my ex boyfriend at the bar, am I gonna feel so good? Because these shoes, I just feel like my Beyonce power moment. Like, that's what you're supposed to explain. Like, this is how you're gonna feel in these shoes. And and it's so easy to forget that part. So whenever I'm, you know, you guys right now I'm doing canned alcohol, like, it's a can of alcohol, but there's so much story attached to it. It's about being female funded. It's about giving back to women. It's about women blazing a trail in the alcohol industry. It's about having conversation starters on the can. Like we're doing it different. Like it's the story that's attached to that. So it's getting people attached to your product through the story and how they're feeling as they're reading it and seeing it.
0: I love that. And I love the conversation starters and the female founded and it's going to just continue to do so well because of all of those pieces. So the last question is you two, and you have a third person with you, your podcast, tell us where they can listen to the podcast. And one thing that you both love about the podcast, why they should listen.
3: Well, I'm obsessed with it because I'll tell you that it brought some of the best women into my life ever. And I think Kathy and Allie, you, guys, you both have podcasts outside of that as well, but um, The reason that I wanted to even start the podcast and reach out to them is because I really wanted those women in my life. And I wanted to have conversations with other women, with those women and start this whole just conversation around starting things. I knew Allie was in a new place with her new business. I knew Brit was in a new place with her new business. I really wanted to share those conversations and be in them. Like, I think we all know when we start something, there's a portion of it that's selfish, but you know that that selfish portion is also going to serve other people as you learn. So it was definitely like, I am so ready to have these conversations and create this accountability and this safe space for myself while also simultaneously creating it for um, other people. So that's the thing that I absolutely love about it. It's called girlfriends in business. Ali, what about for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's like similar to what Lori said. I mean, the given the opportunity to be able to, again, give back, you know, and talk about the things that we learned, the struggles that we're having, you know, I'm very open book, very vulnerable on Instagram and all of the things that I do to the point where my kids are like, you really tell people everything, mom. Um, And I don't tell people everything, but I do tell a lot. And I don't know where that comes from or why that is, but there's a part of me that just, I do, it's probably that like give back component thing because when I was growing up, there wasn't that opportunity or even like 10 years ago, there wasn't that, you know, where you could like get like firsthand advice from someone who's been through what you're going through. And I think that's largely like what attracted me to this idea of girlfriends and business. And the roundtables are my favorite thing that we do because Brittany and Lori and I, if you've had a chance to listen to it, we just kind of like have a conversation like this, you know, we talk about the struggles one of my favorite things we do is like these highlights and lowlights of like what went well for us that week and what didn't. And I think inevitably, I always learn something from them. And I learn something from myself because there's really something powerful about once you get something out of your head and say it out loud, like even today, I'm like, huh, I never thought about some of this stuff that we're talking about today. You know, it's like, get it's the power of like, opening up and talking about things, which is why I think it's so powerful, you know, to do that, which is why like, I'm so excited about, okay, humans too. It's like, there's so much power in opening up and talking about things and then being vulnerable and sharing them with other people. And then people be like, oh man, I feel that way too. There's so much learning and giving and receiving that it feels really good. I always walk away from our podcast, our sessions that we do together with this, like you know, man, that felt good. <laughs> like a clearing, you know, I love a good clearing. And I think that's kind of what the podcast allows us to do. Um, you know, and I, and I hope it inspires other women to do that with their own group of friends, like get together, talk about what's going on, share their problems, ideas, it, things are excited about, you know, and that's what we do.
0: Yeah. And to bring it full circle, you both said early on, it's so important to be around the people who won't squash your dreams, right? Who you can actually feel are gonna help you rise. And that's why I would love for everybody to subscribe to the podcast because it's very vulnerable. And the three of you are like, basically we're we're able, some of those episodes were able to sort of listen in on a mastermind where you're saying like, well, this didn't, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, how would you have done it different? And it's such a gift. And I've said often that James Clear, I asked him what's the most important habit? And he said, who you spend time with. That's Mm. the most important habit.
1: I so believe that. And if you're like, if you have like toxic people in your life who are not supporting you, get them out.
0: 100%. And so you guys have provided that space where just by listening, we do feel because you've dropped that fourth wall and you are so vulnerable and so loving, it, it gives people a chance to feel like, oh, these are friends of mine. Like I'm getting to be there in the room. So thank you for... Creating that show because you have a million things to do. So tell us where we can follow and 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 shop and buy and support and all of those things for both of you, and we'll put all of this in the show notes too.
1: Lori and I have a podcast called "Girlfriends in Business," and then I have a podcast that I do with Adrienne, my fiance, called um, "Raising the Bar." And then there's you know for businesses, Dry Bar, Squeeze, Okay Humans. Somebody asked what Okay Humans was. It's a it's a talk therapy. Amazing face-to-face talk therapy concept. We only have one location right now in Brentwood, but we will be franchising. So there you go. And then I have my jewelry company, Beckett & Quill, where you know basically everything I'm wearing is from. And um, that's just BeckettAndQuill.com. Looks so fun. great.
3: Um, let's see. Okay. So we do girlfriends and business together, which is so fun. Um, and then I have Earn Your Happy podcast and then work ev- everything right now in my life is all lightpink.com. L-I-T-E-P-I-N-K. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Girls, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. This is just so, so nourishing and fun and you make it so easy. So thank you guys. It was great. That's
3: great. Thank you so much for having us. I know, I know I can speak for Ellie too, that I'm sure we both I like, we are so full. Like my heart is so full. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you. So awesome. yeah, thank <laughs> you guys. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. How fun was that? Well, Allie and Lori are such a powerhouse duo. Here are the takeaways. Number one, the most important first step is joining a community where it's safe to speak about what you want to do. Start talking about it as much as possible, proclaim it, get it out there, say what you really want and ask to be held accountable. Number two, life is short. You'll always second guess yourself. If you don't at least try, if it doesn't work, lick your wounds and move on. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to. Number three, leverage your network. Be a person who gives to other people. We all need a support system. Number four, exhaust every possibility and opportunity to make this happen. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's a learning experience to inform what's coming next. Number five, money is the coolest thing ever. It makes the world go round. It enables us to do more good and level up the people that we're working with. Number six, don't be sorry. Be you practice and see what it feels like to not apologize. Number seven, speak to where your audience is at now and speak clearly to how they're going to feel later through the experience you're going to give them. Number eight, when you follow what you love and see it through, you're going to realize how much you're capable of doing. I just want to say, once again, I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We are doing a bootcamp all this week and it is free. And I'm going to be teaching you everything I know about how to podcast, how to grow an audience, how to monetize a podcast. We start today at one o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. If you're listening, it's not too late because guess what? If you sign up at kathyheller.com, I'll send you the replays. So you'll get all the trainings this week, even if you can't show up live. So go to kathyheller.com slash bootcamp and sign up. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I hope to see you today or tomorrow in this bootcamp. Go sign up kathyheller.com slash bootcamp.
1: It starts as a whisper and turns into a roar. Yeah. Just keep going